Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. This morning I'd like to talk about connection, and particularly from a verse in Acts that says, from one blood God created every nation. And before we think about this theme of connection, let's hear a reading from the book of Acts. And chapter 17. While Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day, with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians And the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking. Talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship... I even found an altar with this description. To an unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else from one blood. This is a variant reading but which has very good attestation. From one blood he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times and set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. 
Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof to this to all men by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection from the dead, some of them sneered. But others said, we will hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. A few became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus. Also, a woman named Damaris and a number of others. Now, Catherine and I have some friends in the north of France at a place called Devres. It's not too far from Calais. And we've been across to see them a good number of times, possibly a dozen or so times. And every time we were in this little town, I'd walk past the village cemetery on the way to the baker's for my croissant in the morning. And I noticed a plaque on the wall by the entrance, which has to be there by law, saying, Commonwealth War Graves. And once I even went into the cemetery and had a little look around to see if I could find these Commonwealth War Graves, but I couldn't find them. Until with the centenary of World War I beginning in 2014, and now we're reaching the end of that centenary, of course, I made a more serious effort, and I went in and found the attendant and asked him uh, where these Commonwealth War graves were to be found. And he showed them to me, not in a row, as I had assumed, and not made out of white stone, as I had thought, but dotted around the cemetery. And one of these graves caught my eye caught my imagination because it bore the name of Davis which is of course a Welsh name so I made a note of the details and when I got in to the house in France I did some searching on on Google on the internet on the name and the dates and it turned out that this young soldier of 20 years of age was from the administrative district of Bedwelty, which actually I'm from myself, because Abitaleri is part of that administrative district. So then I turned to Facebook, Abitaleri, local history, and uh, I put the details on Facebook, and some local historians very quickly told me that he wasn't from Abitaleri, but from Argoid, about two miles away, well, three or four miles away uh, as the crow flies, and about 30 or 40 by road. 
<laughs> just like in the valleys. And that his mother was from Gavilan. So I went back the following day and I put some flowers on the grave because we are connected, William Davis and I. Now we're in the season of uh, Pentecost and it was good to read from the book of Acts, which is the outworking of Pentecost. And the message of Acts is all about connection. People often amuse themselves by trying to give a subtitle to the book of Acts. And the subtitle of the book, according to me, is not The Holy Spirit and Me, or in keeping with 2018 and our mindset, Me and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The theme is Jesus and the world. What you've got to picture next is not a printing press churning out copies of the Bible by the thousand. But instead, what you've got to imagine is scribes and the original author of the book of Acts, Luke, toiling by hand. Now you avoid needless repetition as much as you possibly can. We've got a very useful word in English, a Latin word, of course, and it's etc. But somebody took the time, Luke, to write this about the day of Pentecost. How is it that each of us hears them in his own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Now, not only does Luke go to all the trouble of writing that out, and all of the scribes across the centuries before printing, writing it out again and again, But every story in the early part of the book of the Acts of the Apostles, before we get to the Apostle Paul and his doings, is about an expansion of the message of Christ for the world. First of all, the disciples. Next, the residents of Jerusalem. And so on, the Ethiopian eunuch. The Samaritans, Cornelius, the Roman, the Spirit falls on each group of people, meaning that Christ is for the world. And last, the Spirit falls even on some disciples of John the Baptist who had somehow got left behind. 
You and I are connected to the whole world. Luke, in his gospel, wants to underline the message that anyone who has been separated can be included once again within Judaism. And he continues his message in the book of Acts, which he also wrote, to tell us that the whole world can be included in Christ. It's very good, isn't it, that a key part of our service is when we pray, as we just have done, for the world, the Baptist world, but through the Baptist world to the world at large. What a privilege to be led in that way, week by week. And what a privilege also, I'm sure David would agree, to be allowed to lead in that way. What a Christ. What a Christ of the new humanity. Apostle Paul elsewhere says he is the image of the unseen God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, everything visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, sovereignties, powers, all things were created for him and in him. And some Christians talk about the cosmic Christ. It's hard to get a handle on this aspect and reality of the divinity of Christ. And probably the best response is one of worship. I wonder if you've seen those videos. Well, they're online these days. I'm told that uh, there's some people who still don't have access to the, to the internet. But uh, I'm also told that the biggest category of uh, people on the internet these days is the silver surfers. Those of us with the grey hairs up there. But have you seen those videos where they zoom out of an individual into a town, out into the Earth's atmosphere, past the planets, one by one, till the camera leaves the solar system. And then looking back, we see the sun as just one of a hundred billion stars in our galaxy. And we zoom out still further into the universe and the galaxy itself is one of a hundred billion galaxies. The God of the infinitely great. And for some of us to say that we are connected with all of humanity, even in Christ, is like that. How can I say, how can you say that you are connected with 7.5 billion other people? 
be bad enough to try to think of what it means to be connected with everybody in Abergavenny. Well, of course, in the video, the film then reverses. We travel back past the galaxies, back to our galaxy, back past the planets, back through the Earth's atmosphere, down to Abergavenny, down to you, to your eye. And we travel through your eye to a nerve ending. We travel along that nerve ending, we see uh, individual cells. We see the molecules within those cells. Then we see individual atoms within the molecule. And we zoom still further in until we see the subatomic particles. The God of the infinitely small. Folks, you and I are connected not only to humanity as a seething mass, but to each individual of humanity that we meet, whether sitting next to you this morning or in front of you or behind you, or even to each individual you will never meet. It's the season of Pentecost now. But think back just a little while to the Easter season. John's Gospel, as we know, is full of pregnant phrases. Phrases that bear life and phrases that give birth. Judas, for example, walks out of the upper room where the disciples are with Jesus before the cross. And John tells us, as Judas leaves, it was dark. Or on another occasion, John tells us, having loved his own, Jesus loved them to the end. And even in the mouth of the high priest, we hear this pregnant sentence, it is better for us that one man dies for the nation than that the whole nation dies. There's no more pregnant phrase in John's Gospel than that verse in John chapter 19 where Pilate, the Roman governor, has had Jesus scourged, has had him crowned with thorns, and robed 
in a fancy dress, emperor costume. And Pilate says, Behold, the man. To my mind, Pilate is saying something like this. This, here, is humanity. Through John's pen, as we know that he writes. Humanity is predominantly even today, a suffering humanity, which catch glimpses of it, of course, in Great Britain, the communities without hope, the families without resources, the children being brought up in poverty, the crime epidemics, the hopelessness, of knife crime. But elsewhere in the world, humanity is predominantly a suffering humanity. And here in the scourged and crowned and robed Jesus, suffering humanity in one man giving dignity to every human being and connecting us to every other without exception from one blood he has made every nation on earth. There's such a tendency nowadays to try to limit this. It's called othering. You can see on Twitter, yet another social media site, evangelical people saying we're all made in the image of God. And somebody will reply, another evangelical, yes, but not all of us. You've seen that? We're all made in the image of God. Yes, but not all of us. We see a president to the applause of evangelicals describing other human beings as animals. Well, this is othering. And Christians are not allowed to do that. We're living in Raglan at the moment. And you all know Raglan Castle. You've driven past it on your way out of the promised land. That castle must have been great once upon a time. But you wouldn't want to live there, would you? Because the ceilings are open to the sky and the walls are crumbling. Well, in the 16th century, John Calvin, the reformer, said, 
but humanity is like that castle. It's the image of God, but it is in ruins. And whatever you think of any other human being, whether you're tempted to say, well, that person doesn't bear the image of God in the way that I do. Or if you're tempted to describe some other human being as an animal. Well, remember that you too, if you bear the image of God, and you do, you bear the image of God in ruins. Because, as Mike was telling us last week, a new humanity needs to rise from those ruins. A new humanity in Christ. And what a new humanity that will be in Christ. You know that I love to hear the voice of prophecy. I don't hear it much in churches. I'm not, that's not a criticism of this church. I don't hear it much in churches. Except in the Bible, of course, when you read the Bible. Last time uh, I preached, or a previous time that I preached, I told you to go away and look at Kate Tempest at Glastonbury and hear the voice of prophecy to this generation. I'm going to finish with a passage from a newspaper that was written by an atheist. But it is prophetic about connection. Stuart Lee, who wrote it, an atheist, starts by suggesting that the shenanigans that Trump is up to in Jerusalem are designed to bring Jesus back to earth for the benefit of American religious fundamentalists. But Stuart Lee goes on like this. We don't need to shoot Gaza protesters to bring Jesus back to earth for the benefit of American Christian fundamentalists. If I were a religious person here in London, I would see Christ every day. Last year, Christ meandered in shawl and slippers and female form along my tube carriage, singing polyphonic clicks and buzzes, holding out an empty cup. I put in some coins, and the woman opposite me, who was wearing a silver crucifix, made a disapproving face. I leaned forward, gestured towards her jewellery, 
and the departing beggar and whispered, that was Christ. Just there. And you missed him. Sometimes I see Christ in Kentish town. A man I vaguely knew in South London a quarter of a century ago, now street sleeping and I buy a bag of toiletries from Boots and leave them at his feet. He is Christ. And so am I, I suppose, for buying those toiletries. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his links. If I were faithful, I would see Christ everywhere. On buses and at borders, both pulling the trigger and taking the bullet. And I would not be able to bear the sorrow of it. But I don't think I would have seen him in the triumphal, hate-filled benedictions of Trump's speakers in Jerusalem. Christ was at the bus stop this morning, where I waited with the kids. Christ manifest as two street prostitutes crazy and angry from a long night of low earnings. Their curses, the blood of Christ. Their kicks, the body of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of prophecy. He has made from one blood, every nation on earth. Let's pray. Lord, we pray quite simply that you would enable us to see our connection. And Lord, that having seen that connection, you would help us to act upon it in our day to day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.